0: Um, on the list that, uh, that you submitted uh, was Gesel Shena. Someone asked that we speak about the concept of stealing sleep, whether there exists such a concept. So typically when uh, discussing um, any of these halachic topics, we try to start with the Gemara and work our way down through the Rishonim and the Achronim, the Postkim. problem over here is that uh, the term Gesel Shena does not appear in any Gemara or in any Rishon or really in any early achram, uh, the first uh, tshuva sefer that I'm aware of that uses the term, that even uses the term gezel shena, is the shalzut tshuva's mishnah halachos, uh, which is Rav Menashe Klein, he's alive today. Uh, this is, uh, so it's, it's obviously a uh, very modern concept, something that we're all brought up with to think is like the biggest issu in the whole world, is to uh, steal somebody's sleep. It's the worst kind of stealing because you can't return it, and all sorts of other things that we've that we've been told. We try to uh, go through a little bit of uh, what exactly the avera is. Is there such an avera? So uh, there is a gemara, maseches brachos, stuff, yud gimel and that says that of Nachman and Rabbah would tell people not to be mitzire them to wake them up. Um, to, to be mitztaire them to wake them up for, to say the first Pasuk HaShemah but not to be mitztaire them for the rest of Kriya Shema. and the loshon that they use to wake them up is a loshon of be mitztaire to cause a tsar. so that's what Rav Menashe Klein in the Mishnah Lachas Chalik Yud Bez Simen Tav Men Gimel tries to suggest that you see from here that being woken up is called tsar. and we know that when you steal something from somebody primarily what did you do you were mitztaire them so since the mechayiv of geneva or gezela is the tsar that you cause to the other person, and waking somebody else somebody up somebody up, somebody up is a form of tsar. So if stealing equals tsar and waking somebody up equals tsar, so waking somebody up must equal stealing. Now intuitively you might realize that that's not really a very good equation, because a couple of reasons. First of all. Um, Yes, it's true, when you steal from somebody, you're causing them tsar. It's also true when you punch somebody in the face, you're causing them tsar. It's also true when you call somebody a name, you're causing them tsar. While every type of geneva might be a form of tsar, not every tsar is geneva. Not every tsar is gazela. So just because it, when you wake somebody else up, you are causing them sar that hardly puts it in the category of, uh, of gizela. And not only that, it seems that stealing, the term stealing in general, is limited to physically taking property that belongs to another person, not to bothering them or annoying them. Uh, Rav Menashe Klein, for his part, uh, argues that it's not true. He says that Toseftim Babakama in the 7th paragraph of Babakama lists different types of stealing. Included in that category is Gnevas Das, and Gnevas Das certainly doesn't involve taking anything from them. So you see that, that you could use the term Gneva even when you're not actually talking about physically taking property from somebody else. Okay, but nevertheless it seems that it's a very weak connection between Tsar and Gineva. The closest we come to having a Rishon who relates to waking somebody else up as, as an Isser is there's a Gemara where the Gemara talks about um, one person in a Chatzar is not allowed to open up a business in a residential Chatzar because the other people could say all the noise of your customers coming in and out it keeps me awake at night so keeps him awake at night and that's a problem and the miri says what's the problem? miri has a lashon hezek shena it damages his sleep and apparently that's enough to. that's a taina that's a valid taina that you can say because you keep me awake awake at night, you're not allowed to have a business running here in the middle of the night. So apparently, in the Meiri's view, well, <laughs> maybe you can't steal sleep, but keeping someone awake would be uh, a, s- a form of damage, and you have to you have to refrain from doing that, that form of damage of waking somebody else, waking somebody else up. Now, what exactly is the iser? So it's not stealing, right? Uh, you know, uh, of Manasseh Klein's svara notwithstanding, it doesn't seem to really be stealing. So what is the iser? So uh, the assuming there is one, so Gemara in Shabbos Chavtesam Beis says that if you have a cholashi yeshbas sakana and he can't sleep because there's a fire in the room, even though it's Shabbos, you're allowed to extinguish the fire in order to allow the cholashi yeshbas to sleep. Why? Apparently, we hold we assume that rest and sleep for a cholah is pikuach nefesh. You're only allowed to be machal Shabbos pikuach nefesh. So if you have someone who's cholashi yeshbas sakana, we assume him getting his rest is mamish sakanas tefachos. So certainly when you're dealing with a sick person and when you're talking about in a hospital, yeah. running through the halls of a hospital, screaming, waking people up, so that vadai that could be a very serious issue. Not just a minister of being with star somebody, that could be an issue of causing sakana to another person. Because we see the halacha considers it sakana to the point that uh, you're even allowed to be Michal Shabbos to allow a cholah to, uh, to sleep. But even when you're dealing with people who are not a cholah, the Torah tells us uh, right, we know the Gemara Shabbos the a famous story with Hillel that which you don't like done to yourself, don't do to somebody else and it would seem that it at least fits that very basic category of treating other people with a basic sense of dignity with a basic sense of uh, respect that you yourself would want to be treated with and therefore it's a simple now, it's also, uh, we have a Gemara and Kiddushan that, that highlights this idea that waking somebody else up is normally not a nice thing to do. It's not the emphasis of the Gemara, but it's a well-known story. The Gemara and Kiddushan, Tells us the story of uh, Dama Benesina, right? The story of Dama Benesina, who was who was a guy who excelled in the midst of Kibbutz, and the Gemara gives a couple of stories of in what way did he excel in the midst of Kibbutz? And the story goes that his father was sleeping, and someone came and offered him uh, a tremendous amount of money for uh, for, for the uh, for the, the, the that they had for the, uh, for the, for the Chashu right? And he, uh, and, and he said, my father's sleeping, I can't go get the, uh, get the stones for you, so I can't sell it to you now. He refused to wake up his father. Oh, you see, he could have made millions, and yet he refused to wake up his father. So the whole highlight of that story is the it of AIM highlight, but nevertheless, what you also see from the story is that forgetting whether it's his father or anybody, it's just not nice to wake somebody up. Uh, waking, some, waking somebody up when they're in the middle of sleeping is not a nice thing to do. It's intuitive. It makes sense. Someone's trying to get their rest. To wake them up, it's a basic violation of, <laughs> of the Haft the Re'ach the conversation gets interesting, and that's Pasha. It's Pasha that it's, uh, it's a problem. So it's not Gezel shame, It's not stealing sleep. It's not, it's, it has nothing to do with stealing. But it's still a violation of simple the of the Re'ach kamocha. Now, Rav Menashe Klein in this truva tries to get... Uh, a little cute with this and he says, You know, the Gemara Sanhedrin Hedrin Aleph tells us that when when Rishayim sleep it's it's uh it's Tovlahem and Tovliallah. Right When the rishayim sleep, it's good for them and it's good for the world because they're not doing anything bad so they're keeping themselves out of trouble by sleeping and they're keeping everyone else from their trouble by them sleeping. When Sadiqim sleep, it's So so I want to know, am I doing a favor for a person when I wake them up or am I doing the person uh, something wrong by the person when I wake them up? So if the person's a Rasha, if I wake them up I'm doing something terrible to them because they're better off sleeping. But maybe if there's a Tzadik sleeping you should have to go and be mahadir to wake up a Sadiq. So The truth is that that's ridiculous. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to even imagine saying such a thing. That uh, to wake when a tzaddik sleeps excessively, it's a problem. A tzaddik shouldn't sleep excessively because all of his waking hours are times that he's generally productive and doing good things for humanity and for Klali Sol, and for Torah. But for a tzaddik to sleep a little bit, it's necessary. Human beings need to sleep. We can't survive without sleep. So if you find a tzaddik in that moment, in those few moments where he found. The time to sleep to get his rest, and you're going to say, "No, I, I'm going to wake up." That's not a good thing. That's not you're not doing a favor to the world. Adravle, you're ruining his rest, and you're you're not enabling him to get the uh, to get the, the rest that, that he needs in order to carry on being a tzaddik. That's why the Gemara is careful of Nachman and Rava in that Gemara Meseches Brachos. They said. Only wake us up for the first Pesach of Krishna. Otherwise they didn't want to be woken up. They had a out exactly when they were going to sleep, when they were going to be awake. They were very religious people. And they didn't want, uh, th- and they didn't want to be woken up at a time that they felt they needed to be sleeping. They felt that, that, was what was, that, that that's what was needed for their uh, Vodas Hashem. Another possible exception is um, very often when it comes to learning Torah, there is an emphasis on learning Torah B'khol. On, on saying it out loud when you're learning Gemara, not just to read it quietly like you're reading a book but to say it out loud. In fact, the Gemara in Erev, and Dafnu and tells us that Bruria, Rameir's wife gave Musa to somebody who was learning Torah quietly and told them that no, learning Torah, it has to be you put your whole body into it and you, you, know, you get involved and it shouldn't be something that you just do uh, reading quietly and the Gemara there tells us that there was a Talmud who learned Torah quietly and because of that he forgot all of his learning after only three years Halavayich, it last three years in our minds, right? But he, uh, he forgot all of his learning after three years because he learned Torah quietly. He didn't do it but call. The Gemara Megillah says that someone who learns without using a tune is, uh, is, is Ki'ilu, he views the Torah as low tov It's as if he views the Torah as not being good. Are you supposed to sing a tune when you're learning the Torah? Tosus points out that the reason they did that is because they had to memorize all the Mishnahis. So when you memorize, it helps with the tune. Nowadays, we don't have to memorize the Mishnahis. Maybe there's not such an an Indian of, uh, of using a tune. So what if you're uh, learning Torah and you're keeping people awake because of your learning Torah? So Rav Vazner writes in uh, Shevet Alevi, that it's absolutely usher to keep other people awake when you're learning Torah just for the sake of your own learning. But, as you may have predicted, Rav Menashe Klein... In this uh, tshuva, in a different tshuva actually, Mishnah Lachos, Chelik Yud Dalit Simon says that if you're entitled to learn as loud as you want, as loud as it's gonna keep you going in, the, in your learning, if it keeps your neighbors awake, so be it so keep your neighbors awake and he points to the Gemara native in Daphil Ches it says that um, tells us that, that any home where the sounds of Torah are heard at night that home will never be destroyed so you see that even at night when it's quiet and no one else is, uh, is awake and everyone, still the, the Torah should be learned and should be learned p'kol now it could very easily be argued that there is night, and then there is really late at night, and there is learning bekal, and there is learning really loud bekal. And Pashup Shad is we would not pass in like anything. Rav Manashe Klein says on this topic, right? That uh, that you would not uh, you, you would not be entitled to keep other people awake because you decided to learn. You have to learn in a, with a reasonable uh, reasonable voice. And, uh, and you have to be aware when other people are, are trying to sleep, to learn with a little bit of a softer voice. Um, I, I know of uh, my brother's father-in-law, uh, Dr. Yaakov Temler, told me when he was in Einstein Medical School, he would uh, very often be up late at night preparing, he was a balkori, so he was very often up late at night preparing the Kriya Satora. And one of his neighbors, a guy by the name of Heshi Jacobs, lives in Harnov. knocked on, on his door the next morning he said, was that you preparing the laning at two in the morning? And he said, oh gosh, yeah, I'm sorry. He said, no, no, it was the most beautiful thing. Ad I should always be able to be Zohar to go to sleep with such sounds. Probably not all the other neighbors felt that way though, so you have to be very careful. Most of the time people won't have such a, a positive reaction. It's not something that's, uh, that's an ideal. Um, when I was young, I remember when I was in like 8th grade, I remember being woken up at like one in the morning for my brother banging on, on the desk and then we shared a room banging on the desk trying to get, get shot in the tosis or something he was in 12th grade at the time and I was in uh, in 8th grade and I used to hold I used to think that that would be my chilek that was my chilek in Olam Haba by not saying anything by letting him uh, you know, bang on the desk to, uh, that was going to be my whole chalic and learning think hopefully I have a little bit more of a learning, but that was uh, that, at, at a time that, that that's what I, I thought would be my biggest, may still be my biggest car. Okay, anyway, but the, uh, the third possible exception is uh, the Gemara, Mesech, uh, Zabba, and the Shulchan Arachim, Chosh, Mishpat, Simon Kuf, says that from the times of Rabbi Shum and Gamla, when Rabbi and Gamla instituted the idea of yeshivas, you're allowed to teach Torah in your home, even in a residential area. And even though you're not allowed to open up a business in a residential area, why? Because it might cause people to lose sleep. You're allowed to teach children Torah in your home in a residential area. I might cause cost, cost people their sleep. Yeah, so apparently to teach children Torah, you're allowed to keep people awake. So if Menashe Klein says, oh, so you see, you can hold your class together at 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, and have them all scream the taich or whatever, and scream out. Hashim not that way. Rav says, no, it means that at a normal hour where most people aren't sleeping, but someone might be trying to take a nap. So you don't have to shut your yeshiva down because someone's trying to take a nap at two o'clock in the afternoon. But uh, but uh, two in the morning to start uh, screaming with the children learning Torah—that's not the ideal time to have the children learning Torah. You have to be reasonable about it and know when is a normal expected time. The chiddush is that even that even though most people don't sleep in the afternoon, they can taina that don't open up a business because I like to sleep in the afternoon. They can't have such a taina against children learning Torah, only against opening up such a business. Okay.